All right, our next guest on the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast, if you're big fans of the Netflix show Last Chance You, this is the final season that just dropped on Netflix. We were joined by receiver RJ Stern. RJ, appreciate you coming on, man. Big fans of the show. How you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for reaching out and having me on here. It's uh, appreciated a lot. I'm doing good, man. Just trying to handle all this craziness and, uh, oh, man. I'm getting a call from Coach Beam, the man himself, right now. Oh, oh man. Hey, take that call. Hey, we'll take that call. Coach Beam. One sec, guys. Hold on. All right. Oh, definitely. You are now listening to the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. Here are your hosts, Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley. Everything all right, man? Yeah, sorry about that, man. Real, apologize. He was just telling—he was just calling to tell me about some reporter from New York Times is going to hit me up, and we're going to set up an interview. So just just publicity moves, stuff like that. Yeah, he's a awesome. good dude, man. Love Coach Bean. Then we were talking about my my options right now with school and stuff. So he was just giving me some advice on that. So yeah, again, apologize for the interruption, dude. No, nah, no, you no, good, good, man. You're we good. we appreciate you coming on oh. and stuff. Dane and I are big fans of the show. A lot of people are fans of the show. Had you watched Last Chance You at all before y'all found out y'all were going to be on the show? You know, it's funny, man. I actually get that question a lot. And the truth is, no. I knew about the <laughs> show, but I'm the kind of person, especially leading up to that point where I was so into what I was doing that I wasn't going to worry about what was on TV, what was on Netflix. I didn't care about none of that stuff. I had seen an episode or two with one of my buddies, uh, my best friend, Richie, actually, who's actually on the show with me. You know, I thought it was a dope show. And I was like, man, that'd be dope. Like, I always thought in the back of my mind, like, man, Laney should be on this shit, dude. Like, this is, that yeah. would be dope. Because <laughs> no one knows, like, what kind of struggle California Juco has. You know what I mean? That was like a year before we were going to be on the show. Then, bam, mm-hmm. in April, all of a sudden, they're out there doing test footage. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know? And I was like, okay. And then, then they left for a little bit, didn't hear nothing about it. I was like, ah, yeah, we scared them off. We're scary in Oakland, man. Yeah. And then, boom, I come in three weeks before the first game. I'm, I'm coming in. I've been on a hot streak, you know, just mm-hmm. at practice. I've just been making plays, and I'm just evolving as a player. I'm feeling good. I see all these cameras, and I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and then they're having to sign waivers. And then next thing you know, Greg and Daniel are talking to me, and, you know, it hit off from there, man. And just so grateful to those guys for giving me the platform to tell my story and just mm-hmm. be a part of something so special. That's cool, man. Like, I remember back to season one. I know Dane and I always talk about, you know, it's like one of our favorite shows and stuff. So for sure, uh, I'm kind of happy or not happy. I'm upset that, you know, it's the final season. But, man, it's I can only imagine like having the cameras and stuff out there and like, oh, damn, this is really happening. So that's yeah. pretty cool. At the beginning of the season, you know, when they're giving the little backgrounds of players and stuff like that, we learned that you had an injury the previous season and yeah. it went on, Laney went on to uh, win the state title. And for you to kind of be a part of that, but at the same time, not on the field, what kind of emotions were you going through there? So when I got my injury, I was actually in a really bad spot mentally because not only had I burned myself out from just working every 365 days, a year on football, which no athlete should do. You're going to just, you're going to burn out, you know? So if anybody who's watching this, like you take that advice because you do burn out a guy who loves football as much as I do, he burned out. And that's kind of why I ended up getting hurt. And 
here's the thing. Like, for me to feel like I don't deserve that ring because I didn't play in that game or, or win those games with those guys is a selfish mindset. No one should, because at the end of the day, I was there for that year, that entire year that built that team. And so I should have just been grateful for the fact that I was a part of that and taking the ring. And so I had this conversation with Beam and, and it just, that's kind of where what we talked about led me to think. And it's like, man, like it's bigger than me, you know, like I shouldn't be feeling that way. And like, that's just a problem I've had my whole life is just looking out for myself and only thinking of myself. And it's partly because that's what I've had to do my whole life. So it meant a lot to me, the fact that he called me up to his office and said, RJ, I don't care what you're saying. You're going to give Sakai your damn ring. And we're going to, you know, we're going to get you one of these because you earned it. And, you know, that's, I think, when my mindset started really changing. And, and in the show, I'll say this, I do come off as selfish. I understand that. But what everybody doesn't understand is, like, it's a reality TV show. Like, they edited it a certain way to make me kind of, you know, look like that. And I think they represented me great, by the way. You know, I, I love the show, but I can see why some people I might have rubbed them the wrong way. So, but like anybody who like plays on that team with me just knows what kind of dude I am, knows how much I love to win. Like every game we lost, I was sobbing, bro. I hate losing. Like I didn't, like we could, if we went 11 and 0 and I had the same stat line, the same stat line, I would have been perfectly happy. Right. But, you know, we were, we were losing games and I felt like the games we lost, I could have made a bigger impact. And it was just frustrating for me not to get that respect and like that let's give him the ball and see what he can do time. That's all it was, you know? So do you think yeah, that's that, like, that's part of like the receiver mantra? Like everybody always says like receivers are kind of a divas. They want the ball, blah, blah, blah. Like how do you yeah. kind of feel like that's part of what people say about you or think about you? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And you know what though? Like if people aren't hating on you, you know, like man, if people aren't saying basically fuck this cat, I think you're not being yourself because yeah. you can't please everybody. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm not going to change for, for no one, man. Unless it's being detrimental to the people around me and myself, I'm going to continue to be me. And so and I can give a damn what people have to say about me in a negative sense. It's crazy, man. Um, my boy, John McDonald, he called me. I don't want to get too into it, but we were talking <laughs> and it's like uh, some of his teammates were like, they felt kind of a little skeptical of me, you know, and they talked to me and they were like, my bad, bro. My, my bad. I'm going to delete that shit off Twitter, man. Follow me back. You know, that's, 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 but it, it just takes a conversation is, is my point. And so if people don't want to have that conversation, people don't want to think, then, like, they're just going to – they just got issues with themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all good. It's all good. I'm fine with being labeled that way because the best receivers want the ball, right? We played receiver in high school, not on the college or Duco level, but Dane and I went to high school together. And I mean, yeah. we played, we both played receivers. So that's like the mentality. Yeah. Like I can make plays. So we, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. On that one. For sure. 100%. So RJ, based on so, your experience at the Duco level in terms of recruiting, practice, play selection, politics, what kind of advice would you give to other athletes? Do not take junior college lightly there's three things you got to have to go to play at a junior college, be successful. Mm-hmm. You got to be tough. Number one, mentally tough. Okay. You need to be focused and you need to believe in yourself. Those are my three pieces of advice for anyone thinking about going to Juco ball. Otherwise you're going to wash out. I know so many players who went Juco who had all the potential in the world, never touch the field again. Don't even play that year. Mm. It's just, it takes a different kind of cap mentally to play at that level. So just don't take it lightly buy into wherever you're at. If you can't buy in because the program has just so downhill, leave. There's nothing wrong with leaving because at the end of the day, junior college 
is about you. It's about getting to the next level. Okay. And at Laney, we were a little different. We believe in if we win games, we will get everyone to the next level because only good teams with good players will win games, you know? And so that's what I loved about Laney because I fucking hate losing, bro. I cannot stress that enough. Yeah. I hate it. Okay. And I think that's what separates us from a lot of places. And so that's my advice to any guy going the Juco route or, or any girl, you know, going to play softball, basketball, soccer, anything, you know, it's just, you, you need to be focused, mentally tough, and you need, above all else, you need to believe in yourself, 100%. Yeah. To kind of go along off that, like, Last Chance You does a great job of being organic as far as showing the person behind the athlete. And so, for you, yeah, for you and people watching the show and stuff like that, why do you think it's important for them to see the struggle of student athletes trying to fulfill their dreams? It's important for a lot of reasons, man. Like, there's a teacher, Judy Juanita, at Laney College. And for whatever reason, she has some grief with athletes. She thinks we're pampered. She thinks that we are entitled. She thinks that we're babied. But what she doesn't understand is we have those things because most of us, we come from unstable homes. We come from being hungry every day, not knowing what, when our next meal is going to be, how much money is in our account. You know what I mean? Like, for God's sakes, your fucking Walker was sleeping in his car to play junior college football. And so that's just kind of ridiculous to me. Just people just don't understand quite what we go through as JC athletes, as athletes in general, like they don't understand, like we go to school, we get up early to go to school, right? Then we have to go to practice and we have to practice. We got to get yelled at. We got to get better though. We got to grind. And then some of us, we got to go to work. You know, we got to go take care of our families. That is a lot of stress for 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 year olds, man. A lot. It's a hard lifestyle. And so, and it's completely different from the other Juco experience anywhere else in the country. California Juco ball is literally the only place that does this. And, mm. and that's why it's so important is it's so that people can understand, like, like, dude, look, we work harder than probably anybody else you'll ever meet in any profession. You know what I mean? It's just important, right? It's like the black lives matter movement. It's such a loud movement because you guys haven't been heard for so long. Black men in America and women in America have not been heard for so long. And so it's important that we raise these issues. We show the uncomfortable videos. We have the uncomfortable conversations. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I would compare it to, you know? It's just like people need to know because that shit is hard and it's happening in this country and it's happening in your backyard. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you touched on it a little bit, but more specifically, what would you consider the most challenging part of being a student athlete? Dude, it's real easy to get distracted. It's mm. real fucking easy to get distracted. Junior college is easier than high school. You have class twice a week. You have homework mm. every two weeks. So like that's the one cool thing, at least at Laney. Now, it's great teachers. You do have a lot of work. They do push you. But, like, as far as, like, workload, it's spread out. And so you have mm. more time to do things. Even though it's a lot, you have time. And it's just easy to, like, push it off and say, ah, I'll do it tomorrow. Ah, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> Again, just going back to staying focused and just understanding, like, why you're there. But right. I would say staying focused is probably the hardest part about junior college. You feel like you're in a hole damn near the whole time you're there. Because mm. most of the time you're not talking to schools until you're at the very end of your career there. So it's tough to stay focused in that kind of environment.
you touched on the uh, cameras, like when you first saw them doing test footage and stuff like that. What was something you learned maybe while the games were going on? You're probably more focused on the games, but practice or like whenever you saw the cameras around, what is something you learned that like, hey, that's different than what I actually see on TV or something mm-hmm. like that? That makes sense. That's a good question, man. I wish I would have paid more attention to them because I, I don't know that I can answer it. I was always like so just into practice and into, into the moment, like what am I doing right now? How am I getting better? I wouldn't say that anything about the way they – I would say the size of the crew, much smaller than you would think. Not a whole lot of people. It's a much smaller camera crew than you would think. I, I always thought it was a lot more, but really it's just Terry and those guys just having these 50-pound cameras gear and all, the, and all the gear on it, walking around just being an artist, you know, shooting – beautiful shots and um that's really the only thing other than that I, I can't say that there's too much to surprise me about the way that they conduct themselves the way things are handled great question man great question yeah yeah I, I just thought it was interesting just to see like behind the cameras I went to school for film and stuff so I was just yeah. was wondering how that you know behind the scenes kind of stuff is but at the beginning of this call with us uh you got a call from coach beam and that was like my <laughs> next question so it kind of yeah. flows into it on the show you know, from the viewer's point, it kind of seemed like y'all had a love-hate relationship. And was it kind of those things where you felt like, man, coach is always on me. Why is he always on me? Or is it one of those things where a coach just wants me to do right and this is his way of showing that? I think it's both, man. Part of the reason we had a rocky relationship is because he just wasn't aware of my situation. And that's not his fault. It's no one's fault. I just, the way I've handled things in my life is... I'm not going to let this affect me on the field. So like whatever I was going through at home, I'm not going to let this determine whether I'm successful or not here. So I never talked about it. I never asked for help. I never sought out guidance. And so sometimes when I would have those slow days or, or slow moments in practice, like you could attribute it to that. But like, even then, like, I don't like to make excuses. Like sometimes there's, you know what I mean? It's just shit happens. I would say like, and I say this on camera, it's like, I know he likes me. He loves me. He tells me all the time. Now we talk all the time. We've talked more now in the last couple of weeks than we ever have probably at Laney. But it's really just because we didn't communicate to each other. Like, what am I going through? Like, how am I feeling? And it's like other players were willing to go to him with their problems and talk to him. And I was just, mm-hmm. and that's what I should have done, right? I just, the way I was brought up and the way I thought my whole life was like, I don't need help. I don't need people picking me up. I don't need none of that stuff, man. I'm just going just gonna to go out there and handle my problems on the field. And that's like, that's how I'm going to deal with that stuff. I'm going to separate it, take my feelings out of it. So I would say that's kind of what fed into that a lot. But regardless of whether he thought as a division one receiver, he obviously, and regardless of like all like the fights we had, the outbursts and stuff, which honestly the show I think dramatizes a little bit because it really was far and few in between, between me and him. He still started me every game. Yeah. I still played close to hundred snaps a game. Okay. He obviously knows I can play. So, <laughs> To me, that was like, okay, like we have our we have our feuds, but at the end of the day, he respects me enough he, and he knows that I can play ball. And that he knows that if he needs a play, he can always call on RJ Stern. So, you know, it's all love between me and that guy. All love. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I saw on Twitter right after I followed you, man, and I was kind of going through your timeline and stuff that Tariq Cohen from the Bears talked, yeah. Uh, yeah, hit you up on Twitter or mentioned you or something like that about, you know, man, RJ, my boy, they need to give him the ball and just giving you some props on it while watching the show and stuff like that. A player of his caliber in the league, you know, coming from a small school, obviously, how does that make you feel having an NFL player say, man, you're that guy? 
Calvin Ridley did too, bro. Calvin, so, yeah, he did reply to him too. Yeah, dude, I did see that. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like, let me tell you something. The way I feel about myself and my ability, I've always said to myself, and if it's come up in a conversation, I'll say it out loud. Like, I feel like I'm going to the NFL. I know it. In my heart, that's what I believe. That's what I've been working towards. It's going to happen. And so to have those feelings validated by all the attention from colleges all of a sudden and then two great NFL players, dude, there's no way to describe the way that feels, man. It's just a ble- – I'm just blessed to have been a part of the Last Chance You stuff and to just have this platform to speak and just have people show me love. And it's just – it just confirms everything I've known about myself for a long time, but – Damn, does it feel good. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it. You know, he yeah. follows me on Instagram, follows me on Twitter. Obviously, I followed him back as soon as I've yeah, seen it. Obviously. Um, <laughs> he's, yeah, man, I just, a lot of love towards that guy. He's a, he's a great guy, man. And I just appreciate what he's, him saying that about me. It was awesome. So you mentioned earlier about how sometimes things can be taken out of context or things can yeah. be possibly manipulated or overblown on the show mm-hmm. so far. So watching yourself on the show or knowing that you're on the show, are there any regrets or anything that you would have said differently or done differently now that with the context that you have now? So here's, here was my impressions. Like if I'm not on mm-hmm. camera saying stuff, they're not going to use it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like a lot of the stuff I said, I said like, off camera. I didn't even know someone had a camera on me. I was away. And you can kind of see that a little bit here and there, but I would say I regret a lot of the things I said about Beam because he is a great mm-hmm. coach. He is a fucking legend. Anybody who can do what yeah. he's done for 40 years, legend. Okay. He's a, he's a great coach. So I regret putting that negativity out there, right? Cause mm-hmm. I'm not a negative person. And all that did for me was I wouldn't say anything's backfired on me, but I certainly don't like, when I watched, when I saw it, bro, I was sick. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, bro, that's how it sounded? You know, like, that's not me. That's not me. And, like, you could talk to any of my teammates, and they they know. Like, because they were there. Yeah. They know that that's not me. But it's the fact that it's out there, and, like, other people are going to view it that way. Beam knows how I feel about him. Everybody knows how I feel. And so I would say that's my only regret. But at the same time, you know, like I said earlier, like, I'm not going to not be me. So I don't know if I – take it back maybe I would have worded things differently but mm-hmm. at the end of the day like I'm gonna be authentic so I'm not gonna say that yeah. I regret anything but I will say that given an opportunity to you know choose my words more carefully mm-hmm. I probably would series they always show what happened or what's going on with certain characters and players and stuff like that and it mentioned that you were heading to Tusculum and I'm, I'm am I pronouncing that right you are Tusculum I think Tusculum um yeah, I think and Tusculum that sounds better though <laughs> <laughs> so are you there now what happened with that situation I don't want to get too far into it I'm gonna say you guys down real quick okay I got the air blowing in here man you got to stay you know, I stay fresh. Man, I bet it's hot as hell in California. <laughs> it feels good, actually. It's nice out. Oh, I, I like nice. the heat. I like the heat, <laughs> which is crazy because, you know, I'm pasty as hell and I get sunburned <laughs> easy. <laughs> you know, 
I liked Tennessee. I definitely could have gotten used to it. I appreciate the coaching staff there. All that being said, being out there, even driving out there, I knew this wasn't for me. I knew that this was just me like wasting my time and that I shouldn't go out there. I can't even explain it. It was just a feeling I've had since I left. Mm-hmm. And then um, when I decided to leave, you know, due to these personal feelings of mine, I just like, it felt right. And mind you, my family was telling me, I'm, like my brother, whose opinion I respect highly, mm-hmm. James Stern, he was telling me I was being fucking nuts right now. It took me about a week and a half, two weeks to like explain to him why I had to leave. And mm-hmm. it, it took him even longer to kind of like come down to be like, yeah, okay, man, I understand. Like you got to do what you got to do at the end of the day for yourself. But everybody just thought I was making a mistake and that it was a huge risk and that I was throwing my life away. And I was just like, I'm not, there's something here. I just feel it. And so there's no way I could have known that this was going to be the response I get and that these coaches would be interested in me all of a sudden. There's no way I could have known that. Right. I just, I knew it in my heart that God had a plan for me. And you know, now I'm in this position I'm in now. And so not at Tusculum, back in California. I'm actually uh, I'm actually outside of my girlfriend's house. She just left to go to the bank real quick. She's not too happy because I, I told her I'd be here like two hours ago. Um, <laughs> it's okay. She loves me, and I love her. It's all good. But, uh, That's all that matters. Yes, sir. And so, yeah, man, it's just I'm not there, but I will be somewhere soon, sooner than later. And kind of go along with that, another caveat, like with – a lot of players are going through right now, everything going on with COVID-19. Has that hindered your process of trying to find another school? I would say I might be the only person in America or in the world who's going to say this, but COVID-19 has been a blessing because it's slowed. It's it shut everything down. And so people are leaving. People are getting sick. People don't want to come back to play. So schools are short players, right? And then this show has given me a lot of exposure late. And so mm-hmm. schools are like, oh, shit, this dude can play ball. Let's take a look at him. Let's holler at him. So if anything, it's been nothing but it's done nothing but help me in a sense. Obviously, mm-hmm. I, I want this shit to go away and I want us to all wear masks and just get things under control. And so we can go back yeah. to, to normal. But in a big way, like it's actually helped my recruiting out a lot because everything's slowed down and because things are going to get delayed, you know, at least six, seven months. You know, like they're going to keep saying, oh, another week or two now or another month. Mm-hmm. But like we all know, like. I think the yeah. NCAA. I think the NCAA is going to cancel football altogether. We talked about that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. So it's actually. I think I'm one of the few people it's helped. So, uh, given the recruiting process, if you could pitch yourself to a college, what would you say to them? What type of things would come to, <clears throat> to the forefront? I mean, I would try to keep it short and sweet, man. I would basically, I would just look, coach. You've seen the show. You've seen my tape. I'm obviously confident. I obviously want the ball, but I. Just know this, no one will outwork me. No one will defeat me physically or mentally. And I will always find a way to get better for you. And I will always find a way to help this team win, no matter what. I just need you to believe in me. That's it. I got grades. I can get into school. And I can damn sure make your roster. So all due respect, Coach, I, I, you know, you – Come on now. You know what I mean? I'll say, say something along those lines. Maybe, yeah. maybe I wouldn't get as fired up. But it's hard for me not to get fired up whenever talking to a coach. So, but it's about selling yourself. You know what I mean? You got to, you got to be confident. So I would just try to keep it short and sweet, but like also like tell them like, look, I'm a dog. Like you either pick me up and you come up big or, you know, you miss out and that's all good. Like no love lost, no love found. Right. But all the coaches I've been talking to, man, they see it, you know, they see it. And the show has been so cool because they see how I am and how I think about football. Like that's huge to coaches. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of guys who go division one, who don't necessarily go division one for their overall ability, but for the kind of human they are. 
And I think this show has really, despite some of the negative stuff that's come out, a lot of it's positive. And so they've seen how I feel about the game, how hard I work. And it's just, it's all been good. So this is an exciting time for me, man, to be alive. Very excited. Okay, well, we know from the show that you're a route technician, that you're a great team player, that you're very, very gifted in the arts. So what would you like people to know about RJ the person? Oof. You know, it's a tough question for me to answer, man, because sometimes I feel like I don't I don't know a lot about RJ the person at times just because mm. I'm so into football. But I would just want people to know that, I mean, if they have to, because truth be told, I could give a damn what, what people think about <laughs> me, know about me, I don't care. It's not important to me. You know, if they have to know something, it's just know that I'm honest, I'm hardworking, and um, I hate to see people struggle. I always have, I'm always down to lend a helping hand and like, you know, be there for people. So I'm, I got a big heart and sometimes that'll get you in trouble, but you know, that's a part of life. So I, w- I would just say that that's probably what I would want people to know about me and, and take away from this interview and, and the show. And yeah, man, just, I'm not a dick is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. Hey, we appreciate you, man. At the end of our episodes, when we have a guest, we always like to have them plug their social media. So let, let the people know where they can follow you, man. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. You guys can uh, follow me. At, you guys included, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Flash Gordon, F-L-V-S-H dot G-O-R-D-O-N, Gordon. That's both my social media handles. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, hit me up. Yeah, sure. yeah. like I said, we're going to put this together, and, man, we're going to try to push this and promote it as hard as we can to yeah. however many people listen to it and stuff like that. And I'm going to send you the link after and – or when I do. Yeah, when I post it and stuff, so you can post it to your uh, your social media and stuff like that. But we appreciate course, you coming yeah. in, taking the time out, and um, good luck to you, man. We, we're rooting for you here down in Texas, for real. It's yeah. all love, bro. appreciate you guys very much. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you. Have a good you, one, man. You're going to be enjoying your journey. I will, man. Thank you, guys. All right. Hopefully, I'll hit you up later. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. All right, man. Thank you, RJ Stearns. If you're still listening, that was RJ Stearns from Laney College, Last Chance U Season 5. We got him on the podcast because we're trying to do big things around here, you know? But, man, that was, like you said, bro, I couldn't have said it better. He brought his. How real he is, you know. He's a dog. He is he's a real. Dog. The real as they come. And for him to take the time out to come on with us means a lot. And if you're listening to this episode, share it with people, man. Let's get yeah. this guy noticed by some uh, some coaches out there because he, re- he really is a genuine guy that loves the game, loves football with the passion. So we appreciate you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. As always, you can follow Dane and I. On our socials at DaneBTX for Dane, and I am at Dieps Right Steps. As soon as this episode drops, you'll be able to hear it on our website as well at www.duosportsandstuffpodcast.com. And we out. <laughs>